I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And I'm Phil Wolf of the Nefris Initiative. And you're listening to Snakes and Stogies. The only podcast dedicated to fine tobacco. All things reptile related. And the people who love them. As part of the Herpeticulture Network. Early, early worm gets the worm. Something like that. You know? Dude. Try to, try to think of an uh, early toad gets the worm. Is that something appropriate? You ever have like your socks get all twisted up and then the seam like goes under yeah. and it drives you nuts? That's what I got going on right now. Or be- because I'm an animal, I'll put the sock on too quick and the seam of the toe will be vertical, not horizontal. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, dude. The worst. The worst. Almost as bad as socks being wet. Oh yeah. Legit. It may even it may even trumpet now. Oh my God. And now dude, I don't know what happened, but I you know, I recently did that not recent two months ago. I did that trip with the boys to North Florida. I guess at one point I was looking at socks, and dude, everything now is merino wool this and merino wool that and alpaca this and alpaca that. And my Instagram is full of people putting their foot in puddles with no shoes on Mm -hmm. and it's too much, man. Too much. Oh, well, I'm like, I, we had to clean out the garage a bit because yeah. it, it had accumulated. It has a habit of becoming the catch-all. And so as like, garages tend to do once or twice a year, we end up cleaning it and getting rid of stuff. And we did that over the weekend because I had a long weekend. And now, like, we had to move all the podcast stuff up so I can get into the attic. And now, like, everything's kind of all discombobulated. And it's just it's a little chaotic. So I'm, like, trying to, trying to get everything back to normal. The post-Thanksgiving clutter. That's right. Oh, but it's Monday. We're here. This is episode 186 of Snakes and Stogies, part of the Herpeticulture Network, which is brought to you by blackboxcages.com. Check them out right right here use code THN at checkout save yourself 10% off your order if you're in the greater southeast area or you're near in the vicinity of north georgia there's a pickup option save yourself a ton of money on shipping if you can just go get them that's what me and jake do it's not that bad of a drive and uh they make great stuff you won't be disappointed cages racks you need both get both you need one or the other get one or the other collect them all like they're pokemon i mean you're not going to be disappointed we we love black box and we fully stand behind their stuff uh, thousand percent someone has a black box question on the non bio three inch and four inch cages how deep is the substrate dam <laughs> off the top of my head i believe i gonna have like a ruler or something in front of me i don't have a tape measure I'll have to get Jake to. Do you have? Can you measure? Your, you have non-bio ones or no? I have. I have non-bio. I have bio, but they're they're the slider lockers. So it's not. Uh, I don't think it's the same substrate dam. Let me rephrase that. On the three foot, I think it's the same, and it's probably about two and a half, maybe three inches, if that. But on the cubes, it may actually be more. I don't know. I gotta look. Yeah, I want to say it's. It's probably close to two because I, I think it's almost doubled. 
and thinking of that size on the bio G's in comparison to like my Jansen I cage, I want to say it's probably closer to two. Yeah. And to be honest, two and a half to three, which is, is yeah. probably accurate. So. And I think on my cube sliders, my two by two sliders, I think it's actually shorter because the pane of glass is almost the whole front. Thing. Right. So right. it may be two or even like 1.75, something like that. Yeah. It may vary a little bit too from the different models and depending on how, if you do like the swing down doors or the swing outdoors, um, you know, they're different clearances for those hinges and things, if that's what they're rolling with. So it, it just may vary. If you have any questions, feel free to hit up black box. Um, Jen and Clint are, are more than happy to answer you and they'll answer you quickly. if you ask a question, you get an answer. It's pretty wild. Yeah. And since we're on the topic of people in the group chat, Meteoric Serpents is in the group chat, and there is a new, he, he has a new Colubert podcast, and forgive me, I can't remember the name, but our good friend Billy Hunt was just on it, and I'm about halfway through it, man. It's a good ride. I'm loving it. it. So, yeah, check out uh, Meteoric Serpents, and uh, if you're still in the chat, man, let me know what the name of the podcast is, because I feel horrible. I forget it. Something Colubert's. Something, something Colubert's awesome, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I think he's only like two episodes deep. Yeah. I'm not mistaken so um yeah he should definitely drop that down below check it out uh so blackboxcages.com follow them facebook instagram use code thn to check out save yourself money colubrid corruption podcast there you go there it is check it out if you're on youtube i mean he's right there go ahead and click the the, the channel give it a look like and subscribe. That's right. Uh, and then full visa apparel. So there is approximately three more hours left on the small black Cyber Monday sale. You know, instead of just doing a Black Friday thing, I went from Thanksgiving until tonight. Buy two, get one free site wide on everything. Uh, so far, the reception and orders have been awesome. Got a ton of orders over the weekend. Hell yeah, brother. Can't, can't appreciate it enough. I have some orders going out in the morning. I'll be printing some more orders tomorrow and getting them out. What's today? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So you, the, uh, the shirt fairy will be, will be paying people visits here by the end of the week. So nice. I appreciate all of the orders. It is not a code or anything. If you just go in there on fullviceapparel.com right now and, and put three things in your cart, it should automatically deduct one uh, out of there, you know, by default. So that's going on until 1159 tonight. Uh, I'll probably run another sale sometime closer to Christmas. I'm not entirely sure how I'm going to do that yet because you're, you know, you're obviously going to want to get that before Christmas and shipping is getting crazy. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. I can't guarantee that I'll have anything, anything to people before Christmas, just because there's too many moving parts between the, the distributor for the shirts and stuff themselves, UPS kind of playing games, postal service playing games, you know, so we'll see. Um, Remember for all the Jews in your life, get it now while you can cyber Monday deal because Hanukkah's early this year. So don't be, don't be that guy. I I have no idea what that means. If you're gonna order, you gotta order in time for Christmas. You gotta order in time for Hanukkah. Hanukkah is like in two weeks, so you got eight nights. You gotta get eight pieces of apparel. Oh, there you go. That's just that's. that's yeah, now's the time to do it because it's gonna you're yeah. gonna save yourself some some money. 
thousand percent, which is crazy. I um, just walked outside to set up all my podcasting stuff. And as always, for the listeners on their commute who are not watching us on the telly, I'm wearing my Subak hat, right? But I'm also wearing my Methrapeltis t-shirt. And my mother says, what's that word? <laughs> and I said, Methrapeltis. She goes, is that a species of snake? I said, well, yes, it is. Kind of, yeah. And I explained to her the story with the old meth TV ads, and she kind of chuckled, but she hasn't, she didn't remember the commercial. Yeah, yeah. That one, that one really goes over a lot of heads. I don't like that's, yeah. that's a pretty deep, it's a herper shirt side joke. Like that goes, you got to yeah. be old enough to remember the commercials. And then you kind of have to like listen to us talk about it to sort of put two and two together so that one i mean obviously it hasn't been a, a big seller but sort of the nice thing about what what i'm doing with fulvius uh, is they're all digitally printed so i can put as many designs up on the on the website as i want i don't have to make 50 shirts to sit on i can print them like they're all print on demand so if there's a reason that you uh you know your stuff may may take a few days to get there you know for your order to be processed it's because i literally have to Order the shirts if I don't have them on hand already. Print them, package them, send them out. Like yeah, this is this yeah. is not a mass-produced product. This is literally made by hand. Every single thing about Fulvius is me and me alone. The designing, the printing, the shipping, the everything, all of it. The website, Facebook, Instagram, it's just me. So so you're supporting a, a one-man band on that front. And uh, see, Tyson just said, I just measured my non-bio three by two black box. It has a two and a half lip at the bottom. That sounds right. So. There you go. There you go. Uh, group chat wants to know if there's socks coming out anytime soon. You guys are just trying to plague my 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 Google listening device in my pocket, aren't you? Yeah. Socks? No, no, no socks. You should yeah. you should make some some tasteful Christmas serpent knee highs. <laughs> That's what you should do. Who's are you gonna wear those? No, but I'm sure there's lots of people that wouldn't. You know, you gonna wear the and, Nigel the Nigel Thornberries? You, if you made Nigel Thorn if you made Nigel Thornberry style socks with the Fulvius logo on it, I would a thousand percent wear them. I really don't wear socks that go above the ankle in South Florida because I would die of uh, asphyxiation. But um, yeah, <laughs> maybe eventually. I don't know. So I'm I'm not open or I'm not not open to that kind of stuff. Um, it's just a matter of, of practicality and yeah, cost efficiency and things like that. Um, Harry Claiborne says some subox socks, some subox with a CK, <laughs> sub socks, sub socks. Uh, out with, with the, yeah. <laughs> um, I did order some beanies today, so there's there's beanies that we can get that are like black with a red band, and then I'm going to do a yellow FA logo on it, so you get the the same. Cool. You know, Fulvius colors. Um, nice, nice. I only ordered, I think, like five of those. So may put those up if there's any interest. I know a couple guys have asked about like the FA hats. I I haven't put these on the website, and I pretty much just wear them for me because I didn't really think there'd be a whole lot of interest in them. But I've had a couple people reach out that are that want them. So we'll see. Good stuff. I'll, I'll add them if the if people want them. Like embroidery, I've talked about it's a little different when I have to do a little more in batches. Um, so I kind of got to buy those in groups at a time, which then means that I have to make room in my 
my little overstock box that I have and sit on them and things like that. So, but uh, I am planning on sort of expanding into drinkware. So like some tumblers and stuff with some of the designs that we have currently um, and some other things. Um, I, I manage, I'm hopefully getting my hands on a sublimation printer this coming weekend, which will let me do all kinds of stuff. So planning to do some other things outside of uh, just the, the shirts. So we'll see. Facebook Marketplace is your friend, man. That's where I got my label printer. That's where I get all kinds of stuff. That label printer is a game changer too. Like I freaking love that thing. It's one of the IDPRT ones. And if you've, if you've been on the fence about getting a label printer, even if you don't ship a lot, they are, they are well worth it. I love that thing. Any chance we can bring back the Metallica-inspired Morelia shirt? That, I don't know. I'd have to figure out who owns that, like who did that. Um, I did do some, some Ambistoma decals, so like marbled salamanders that have the Metallica font. And dude, and, some of those marble stickers were came out great, man. Especially yeah, the, I uh, did it. The slime ones. <laughs> oh, the uh, the the Hellbender ones. Yeah, the uh, snot puppies. Yeah, and save the snot otter. Yeah. Save the snot otter. Yeah, that Love should be it. a shirt too. I that I would buy that in New York. I I did a lot of decal printing and cutting and stuff over the over the weekend because it was like four days off. And if any of y'all know me, you know that after about two days off, I start to get pretty stir crazy and ready to get back to work. So I just filled my time with making a ton of decals i mean a ton probably hundreds um but I, I did a lot of them with like fill in mind so i was like the snot otter one the ambistoma one the dumpy tree frog one i was like these all have fill written all over them a thousand percent so I, was like, I know he's gonna like these <laughs> yeah dude absolutely. You're, the, you're the litmus test for a lot of that stuff i'm like would fill like this and if i <laughs> if i say yes then it's probably good to go yeah, dude, they came out great, man. They came out so great. And, like, it, it, dude, the dumpy ones got me, too. They're awesome. I know. What I really <laughs> wanted to do with that was do the, like, Fulvius apparel, like, spelled out, but in that old English font, like a chest tattoo. Oh, like a belly rocker? Yeah. You yeah. got to do it, man. You got to do it. The only issue, I could do that on a shirt, but the with the, the decals, it would be a lot tougher because that finer detail, peeling out all those spaces and stuff would be really hard. Mm -hmm. Um. I could 1000% do that as a shirt and I probably should actually now that I think about it that'll that's got to happen. So. You should do like uh, uh do the dumpy sitting like sitting upright, you know? Like how they kind of sit mm -hmm. with like their their forearms in front and then have the old English belly rocker like the the uh, East LA gang tattoo on the stomach, yeah. you know? And then give them one of those Indonesian straw hats like uh, uh or better yet do do one of the Aussie Outback hats with like the the rifle the uh, fusilier where the one side's flipped up. <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be a good shirt. A bottle of King Cobra in one hand and uh, Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. A lot of uh a lot of a lot of designs and stuff to, to get sort of working on. I started on a pretty cool Black Mamba one that I'm kind of on the fence about. Um, been doing some logo work. Did Jeff Bong at Cascade Corns. I did his logo recently. Um, I've been it's been keeping me busy. It's been good. It's been it's been awesome. A really good creative outlet in terms of like being able to kind of get away from things and then just 
put yeah. on my my usual shitty 90s techno and just go to town for three hours and work on stuff and just be laser focused on on that sort of it's good letting the adhd run wild and uh <laughs> nice uh blood pythons have been highly requested so i'm gonna start working on something for that cool and uh yeah some of those designs that i did that are that are decals i i just kind of threw together last minute you know so they have not even been added as shirts yet uh but i probably will just because they're you know simple stuff so caribbean bow shirt with three yeah yeah so something with like the the subflavis and in that group would be kind of cool yeah for sure sort of with the way i do it though it's a little tough because you want to like you still want to be identifiable as different you know three different things i mean obviously like jamaican boas in comparison to hispaniolas or something or, or they look different they're obviously structurally different and scalation is different so that one wouldn't be as difficult but some of the other ones like the mamba one i was like someone's totally going to think this is like a jameson's because from the angle that that it's at it, you could be like that could be any of those species so yeah, you could just make it a mamba shirt doesn't have to be polylepis per se i thought about that but i just i had an idea in particular okay and uh started playing with it but it also hasn't it didn't the original idea didn't didn't work out in the way i wanted it to with the text and stuff so i'll have to play with it more but yeah a lot going on so Again, if you're going to get your shirts, uh, now's the time to do it because we're running the deals. And uh, yeah, fullbeespirit.com, cold blooded caffeine. You can get that Snakes and Stogies blend now available. The link right. down below. Now, while you're watching, just order it, get it done. Kevin, I was working on a Baron shirt a while ago, and I actually opened that design the other day and was like looking at it, and I'm like, nah. Trash it, restart it. <laughs> I, don't know. I have, I have, I, st I started on one. I got really far on one, but I just sort of the the geometric design that I had sort of in the background looked like a let's say old timey sign of war from a party in said war that ah uh, yeah is not. Uh, not I know the by most so I know the exact geometric background because I have a shirt with that same like lattice background if you will yeah yeah and uh if it didn't have I was the stuff that it had on it everyone would be like what the hell if there was a little <laughs> more space in between some of these this would look real yeah. real shady so yeah gonna so I'm gonna circle back around to that one it sounds re like a plan reevaluate but um. Yeah, it's coming. It's it'll happen. But sweet. You have to get the coffee. Kevin, hop on down there. Buy the coffee. Taste get all the coffee. Get, that's right. Get yourself Live pour over. Coffee. All that stuff. Yeah. You uh you can either use the link down below or if you just use the code TH or no S ampersand S at checkout, you get ten percent off. So nice. Nice. Do that. I almost said THN again, but at that point, like <laughs> S amp, like the symbol for and and S. Yes. So yes. Go follow Trey and McKendrick. Yes, sir. They're doing good stuff. And then you go and follow Puget Sound Pythons, the fine folks of the Pacific Northwest that are probably listening right now as they are elbow deep in rats. 
they they can't they can't respond to us, but they can hear us. I'm sure. So. Oh, they're listening. They're listening. They may even be watching in the corner of their peripheral vision. Maybe as Maybe. they're scrubbing rat feces. Oh, okay. I did that over the weekend. It was nice and cold and rainy all weekend, so it made for a, a very lovely Saturday morning. That's nice. I was, uh, Smitty and I were just talking before the show that this is my first cool weather evening of the season. It is a balmy 67 degrees Fahrenheit. Loving it. It's low 50s here right now. <laughs> got a, apparently there's a freeze freeze advisory happening soon especially upstate so it's dropping quick well since you're so shivery what are you smoking to stay warm oh uh that's alec bradley double broadleaf oh so this is one that did that, they change the band i don't think so i don't remember it having that because I, I know their, i've had that before but i don't remember that experimental series ah, okay so we're still trying okay. to figure out who they are as a person yeah right and you you, ex, you the experimental series for most people happens during college but this has a proprietary wrapper and binder tobacco from heritage connecticut broadleaf seeds grown in the rich soils of honduras i.e. they took a perfectly good tobacco seed and put it in like the worst soil possible which is honduran and uh has additional binder from nicaragua and filler from honduras and nicaragua to create a bold rich and flavorful smoking experience it is a good cigar like as much as i i really don't overall like honduran tobacco for the most part has not done much for me i i don't find it to be very good these are actually solid smokes so it is a good blend The Honduras for me is like the the lamp repeltus of of tobacco. Get the hell out of here, <laughs> Jesus! Any what are you, what are you can, Any chance he can to take a stab at our beloved king snakes? Uh, well, you and I have recently talked about the Sumatran leaf, and I had three of them in the humidor, and I was like, you know what? Every time we smoke a Sumatran leaf, whether me, you, whomever. You never see it sealed. You always see it after it's been open and cut because we're on air or our friends are on air, right? So tonight, I left one completely sealed in its external leaf. And I'll let Smitty jump in and explain what I'm talking about here. for those. Yeah, so that one confuses home. a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, Oscar, Leaf by Oscar is that brand. It's Oscar Valadares. Um that is a actually a very good smoke. So they have a Sumatra, Connecticut, a Maduro, a and a Corojo. And the Corojo, in my opinion, is the best one of the bunch. Sumatra is, is easily the second place. Um, awesome smoke. So instead of wrapping it in cellophane, they wrap it in a leaf. Their whole shtick with that is that it helps with aging, such and such. Honestly, as someone who works in a cigar shop, I can tell you it doesn't help with aging. It just makes things messy. It makes it makes ashtrays look like a nightmare. It gets yeah. all over the floor if it's dry. It's just it's it's cool. Like it's cool. It, it's a neat concept, but I can guarantee you, cigar shop tobacconists probably drives them crazy because they're having to run the vacuum right after you finish unwrapping it. Well, what I think is hilarious is so I always keep them in my humidor like this, right? 
And you know how, depending on the type of blends that you like, the type of localities that you like, the type of smoke that you like, everyone's humidor is going to smell a little different. It's all going to have that that tobacco smell, but it's always going to smell slightly different, right? When I keep these in there for longer than, say, three, four months, the outside leaf smells like my humidor, but the cigar itself still smells like it's supposed to, which I find really cool because it means that even though the leaf is pro- the outside leaf is probably not doing anything for humidity control at all, except for like what Smitty said, making a mess, it's definitely keeping the aromas in there, at least in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, it, it may... I'm sure it has some sort of effect in comparison to like cellophane, which is what cigars typically come tubed in. Um, Not discounting that, but the other thing we really like to do with those, if you work at the cigar shop, you know what I'm talking about Um, is people see that and they're like, do I smoke it like this? And the answer is almost always yes. (laughs) Yes, you do. (laughs) (laughs) Just to mess with them. And what's crazy is people, and I could see how people can make that mistake because yeah, yeah. Obviously, the leaf is not a perfect. Well, there's there's literally no one else doing that. So you see that on the yeah. shelf, and you're like, that must be the cigar. Like, yes, cigars yes. either come in cellophane or they don't. And then there's leaf who has it literally wrapped in a, a tobacco leaf. In a tobacco leaf. And people are like, oh, you must just smoke it like this. And it's just always <laughs> to say yes. And I I actually so the band is not a regular paper band. It's like a pulp band. So that's the outside one. There's an inside one that's the same material. Uh, I tried smoking through that at one point, thinking maybe it would be cool, and it tastes horrible. Don't do it. Yeah, yeah, it's it, a car- it, it's a cardboard it was, pulp. It was not nearly as as cool as I thought it was going to be. So yeah, I actually I wasn't paying attention once, and I had one light, and it it was enough expansion of the of the fibers to like unpeel itself, and it, the lit piece of paper fell in my lap, and I was like, oh shit, the hell. Um, but again, it is tapered on one side. It's flat on the other where they're where they cut it. Right. Foot, yep. But I'm going to open this. Regrettably, I'm going to open this on top of my keyboard so that you guys can see <laughs> here. I'll come a little closer and I'll try and do this. Try and do this on camera as best I can. It doesn't look like much, but it's usually a surprisingly big leaf. And from what I gather, the glue that they use on the bands is the same uh, that they use on the cap. Should be, yeah, pectin. So, yeah, let's take that off. All right, so that unless, looks pretty unless good. Unless made by Romacraft, which Romacraft, I'm pretty sure uses super glue on their bands because mother of God. Yeah, right. I love Roma, but that's <clears> the one thing that will never not drive me crazy is like when it's time to take that band off and you freaking can't because it's so physically molecularly binded to that damn wrapper it ain't coming off right. and then you try to take it off and you end up cracking it it's like you're See, folding out a swiss army knife i know right and look they twist the ends all right i'm trying to do this gently so that like people can see and at the same time i don't make it a tr- oh yeah yeah it's those things get dry it gets pretty flaky it's like fish food all right, hold on a second. Anytime I open those, I rip into them like a Neanderthal. And it is a, it's a, they're like visually, they're, they're pretty cigars. Like they're, they're really well wrapped, nice, really uniform, seamless, oily. 
There you go, kids. A little a banana boat. Yep, tobacco leaf. And I'll hold it up. I don't know if you guys can see it, but actually, that's on this side. Here, let's do this. Let me, let me get my phone out real quick, and I'll show you. So you can see see all the veins in the leaf. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for emphasizing the leaf. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I think it's cool. It's the very bat cool. wing. The bat wing. It's yeah, so but you gotta tiny. you gotta shave it like a beard, otherwise it doesn't count. <laughs> you can't just pull down your pants and say, look at my dick. <laughs> And uh, now that we've uh, unveiled it, here is the actual smoke, which is super crisp and clean. Yeah, I mean they're they're freakishly seamless. Like I said, like you can't really see the seams from the roll. Like yeah. they're oddly smooth. And uh, I'm not sure what would happen if people just smoked along with the cigar. It it might work. Maybe maybe that's something I try next week. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll, we have some we have some some leaves at the shop. I, I'll I'll do it. We'll give it a shot. Might have to do it outside because I'm afraid that as soon as you light it up, it's just going to explode and it'll be like a volcano, and just ash will be falling from the sky. Perfect cut too. Yeah. There you have a Connecticut. That's that's pretty solid. They're all I mean they're all good, but really that Corojo is. Is on yeah. point. That Sumatra is really on point too. So it's, it's a good smoke. Look at him daintily lighting it. Exquisite. 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 How was your weekend? Do you have Do you have a long weekend? I did not have a long weekend. I work. I have worked. Let me think about this. I have worked every single Black Friday since I was eighteen. So, I uh, I had so I'm off Wednesdays. This is just my my natural schedule. So I had off Wednesday and Thursday, which was amazing. Two days in a row, cray cray. So spent time with family, spent time with Anna Maria and her family, did two-ish Thanksgiving dinners, and uh, did Black Friday stuff. My employer hired a dirty water dog hot dog cart for Saturday afternoon for the shop, which <laughs> I thought was absolutely awesome because we just don't get good old dirty water dogs down here. So uh, it was all sabrettes, and uh, the dude had Chicago rolls. He had all the fixins, chili, onions, the works, man. And uh, so that was cool. And uh, yeah, it was just a it was just a busy but good weekend. It was a good holiday weekend. I uh, didn't do any Black Friday shopping myself online or Cyber Monday. I looked, I I, I perused, if you will, but nothing really, uh, nothing really got me got me going. Oh. So. That reminds me. Also, on FulviusApparel.com, I added some hoodies. I finally got around to adding some hoodies. 
the Crotalus Bleed American design is on there now. I completely basically recreated it, but in a more horizontal layout, cool. so it works better. And nice. then uh, the Rhino Rat design is on there, and I'll add some more at some point. Dude, I was scrambling. It was like Wednesday night is when I added a bunch of stuff and had because I got I got to make proofs like mockups of of every single shirt color option for each design and try to like divvy them up. So they're not all the exact same one across the board. And, uh, it, you know, so it takes some time. Like that's the most time consuming part of it is, is literally just getting the mock-ups together. Um, uploading mm -hmm. and things like that isn't, isn't that bad, but, um, yeah. So there's some hoodies on there now, uh, more to come. They're the nice guild and soft style nice. hoodies, which I like. They're not super heavy. It's not like a really heavy cotton. It's a, it's, sort of similar to the shirts that yeah. I print on a lot. Um, you know, just it's one of the few hoodie options that I can print on digitally and not have any, any issue. Do, do you have the ASF hoodie? N -n uh, I don't think so. I have the shirt. Because okay. I have an ASF hoodie. And you and have the hoodie. And I don't yeah, I have a hoodie and that hoodie is exactly how you describe. I'm pretty sure it's the same material. It's so light and soft and like not, bulky like you'd expect a pullover to be next time yeah next time you look at it um yeah send the tag tell me what the tag is because i'm curious yeah absolutely but well yes rhino rat it's so how it, was how was your weekend it's the rhinkofus too it's not ganyasoma which i'll buy one if you change it to ganyasoma and i was like no i won't weekend was good um again i was so we left work early Wednesday. I was off Wednesday or Thursday. I was off Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Came back to work today. Um, I mean, it was it was fine. You know, we did kind of the Thanksgiving shuffle of sorts. Oh um, yeah. You know, went and had lunch at my mother in law's, who lives down the road, like five minutes from us, and then went to my parents for dinner. So I had to kind of like eat light at lunch. That way, I could actually eat at dinner and. uh you know, it was good. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lisa, yours is actually going out in the morning. I got yours printed today. Um, got a heater for the room. So last week, I think we talked about the Ackies are gone. Yeah. Um, moved those on and rearranged the room entirely. But now my room is actually cold because. I don't have any of my racks plugged in. I don't have any of my cages plugged in. Like they have lights, but as far as heat panels and heat tapes, I haven't plugged them in because I haven't had a need to. Like the Aki cage kept the room warm enough and the window kept the room warm enough with the sun and stuff in the afternoons to where I didn't really have to worry about it. But when we rearranged, that window is now pretty much blocked by my XR16s. And then now the Aki cage is gone, so it's it's chilly in there, so... I went and got one of those oil-filled heaters from Walmart. Okay. It was like 50, maybe 50 bucks. Uh, and spent the weekend sort of playing and toying with that a little bit, trying to get it dialed in right. Because at first I was like, okay, throw it on three, and then it's got another dial where you can turn that all the way up. And so I was like, you know, hell yeah, balls of the wall, like all the way on all of them. Let's try it out, see what happens. It got like 88. Like my oh, go was okay. like, it's 88 in here. And I was like, okay, that's a little warm. So 
cut it off, let the room, like left the door open, let it kind of air out a little bit and cool off some, uh, and then started back, you know, a little lighter on the, on the dials and stuff. And it has right now, I think I've got it where it was like 82 for most of the day to day. So I was like, okay, that's, that works for me. Like, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Um, I think ideally I'd want it to be a little cooler, like a smidge, like maybe 80 high seventies, 79, 80, um, uh, Govi, let me look it up because I don't remember the exact model. Well, for those who are curious, I use the H5074. Those are the Gobies that I use. And uh, while Justin was just talking, I just checked my room because obviously my climate is vastly different from his. Um, and my room's been actually holding pretty well, and I was... I'm kind of bummed. I was expecting it to be colder in there. What did you say yours was? The um, H5074. Okay. H, H like hotel. Yep. Um, so I've been using, because I got some last year for Christmas, it's the H5179. Okay. Um, which, I mean, they I haven't noticed any real difference between those and the smaller, more more basic ones, which is the... Does this just not have a name? What? It's the ones that are just the smaller little, like, one inch by one inch brick kind of deals. Yeah, that, that's what mine are. They probably are yeah. the, the 5074. Yeah, I mean, they, they I haven't noticed a difference in terms of capability between the two. They do the same thing. Um, yeah. The 50, the ones that I use, the 5179s are just bigger. Like, the actual size of the unit is bigger, so it's not as difficult to lose. It's good. Um, and I have to tell people, like, if you have multiples, take a Sharpie and write on the back what you've numbered it in the app because trying to figure out which one's which and having to put one in the refrigerator, one in a cold room, one in a hot room just to try and figure out who's who is a pain because they don't have any way of, of, like, there's no little vibrating thing on there that'll vibrate to tell you which one's which. Like, there's no way to identify any of them. That's kind of my one gripe with them. Well, let me say this. Do you name them in the app? Yes. But okay. if you don't write that down on the, the unit itself, yeah. yeah, it doesn't do you any good. So what I do is like when I put them in the app, I usually just number them like one through three. And then I have one that I call just the main unit because that's the one that I usually keep in the room in various places. Uh, and then the numbered ones I'll put in different, you know, I'll put them in racks. I'll put them in cages just to see where things are at. Um, so right on the back with Sharpie, whatever it is. It's the best way, best way to do it. So. Yeah, and and you can use a sharpie marker and use um regular rubbing alcohol, and the sharpie will come right off. So that's actually what I use for a lot of plastic tubs, because a lot of people they use dry erase, they use wet erase, and I just use a normal sharpie, and then I take an alcohol wipe and I just wipe it off, it comes right off. Um, I actually have been um, it's loading now because my Bluetooth sucks, but. I didn't realize uh, I haven't been up there honestly in, in like three days. I haven't been up there since like Friday and uh, on Friday, it dipped to 72.5, which is probably one of the coldest nights I've had this year, which is crazy. So yeah, in, in the room at least. Yeah. It was getting to like 72, I think on like the coldest <clears throat> night in there. 
which I normally wouldn't really worry about, like with the Condros and the Rhinos and things like that. Like they're fine. They'll be like, there's no issue there. I'm not concerned about them whatsoever. Yeah. The smaller colubers and stuff, those, especially if I'm feeding them, I do get a little bit more worried because that is cold enough and consistently cold enough to where I'm going to worry about regurges and things like that. Um, so basically I got that oil filled unit to help keep the ambient temperature in that room up. The fuck was that? What'd you hear? I don't know. Something just fell over randomly. Dum dum dum. God, it's a ghost. Uh, I just wanted that that heater to fill, like keep that ambient room temperature above, say seventy six. Yeah. Like I expect that room to be a little cooler because it's winter and it's starting to cool off. You know. Um, so I don't want it to be like the full summer temperatures. Like, like I said, 82 is still even a little warmer than what I'd want it to be right now, but I still wanted them, you know, everything to be comfortably operating, you know, in terms of if I feed them, I don't have to worry about regurges. I don't have to worry about it being yeah. cold, all that stuff. So, and what's your relative humidity in the room? I want to say it was in the sixties. Yeah. I'm just looking at numbers now and I try to keep it between like, 38 and 42 on average 54.2 uh, percent okay so mine's actually right now it's at about 46 percent but i didn't realize this i guess on tuesday it must have drizzled outside or something because it spiked to 50 51.9 which is wild for that room um, oh no it's 61 in there right now and 75 degrees oh there you go i just That's updated it nice yeah, you got to give it a minute to do its thing. They've actually gotten faster in that regard, I've noticed. Because before, it seemed like it would take forever for them to, like, sync and, yeah. and give you the latest thing. It seems like they've gotten faster. Um, and I have to admit, like, the, the Bluetooth range on these things is actually really freaking impressive. Because I'm literally across the house right now through, like, multiple walls and stuff. And it picks them up no problem. Like, it, nice. it's wild. Like, I can be in bed and check the temperatures and humidity without having to get up and go in the, in the room and be nearby. Like I can actually just, yeah, you know, check them from there. So. That's good. My, my only thing that bothers me again, I can't, I can't actually complain because the things are so good and so cheap, but I wish that if like I was at someone else's house or I was at work, I wish I could check it. And I know they have govies that you can do that with that are yeah, it's the Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi. right. And like I said, I can't complain because they are so good and so cheap, but it is kind of annoying that I do have to sync it every day if I want to get all the everyday data. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean, maybe if you left the app open, that wouldn't be the case. Like, it would sync up by itself regularly. Well, and, and it's still giving me, like, let's say I don't check the app for a week. It'll still give me all the data for that week. Um, it's just... Sometimes I spend the night at Anne Maria's house and I want to check it and I can't because I'm not there. You know what I mean? So, eh, what are you going to do? What is VPD? I was going to ask you that. That's a new, uh, that's, new. that's a that's new. It, it they they updated the, the um, updated at 1120. So, oh, today's 1127. Duh. Um, they did a pressure deficit. What is that? Uh, is the difference between the amount of moisture in the air and how much moisture in the air can hold when it's saturated. Once what the hell does that once mean? Once air becomes saturated, water will condense out of out to form clouds, dew, or films of water over leaves. 
Interesting. That's wild. So if you're a cloud forest person, you want to know the VPD. So 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 example, weird. at 22 degrees Celsius and 80% relative humidity, vapor pressure is 2.12 kPa. So right now, what's your VPD right now? This says at its highest, 0.78. Really? That's wild. Mine is, right now it's 1.53, and earlier in the day it was 1.59. What does that mean? The difference between saturation and the actual water content in terms of pressure is the VPD. Interesting. Yeah, that's odd. That's weird. You know, because I've been watching the dew point specifically to see the pressure changes for some of my pairings I want to do. But I'm wondering if I should be watching uh, that VPD as well. This is saying ID on this this article I'm reading, ideal VPD range for cannabis. So maybe they added that for that industry. Interesting. Could very well have done that. Dr. Wyman's going to listen to this and be screaming at the radio. To raise VPD, increase temperature. To lower VPD, decrease temperature. To raise, as far as humidity, to raise VPD, decrease humidifier. Humidity, turn humid, dehumidifier on. To lower VPD, increase humidity. So the lower the percentage, the higher probability of cloud cover? See, in a greenhouse environment, water constantly evaporates. This drives VPD downward as the air gets closer to the dew point. Okay. There are two basic methods to reduce humidity and increase VPD in an effort to maintain an optimal range. Dehumidification and air circulation. Dehumidification is the obvious solution. Physically removing water from the air decreases humidity and increases VPD as the air moves further away from the dew point. Ah, Circulating air efficiently helps in dispersing the boundary layer in addition to increasing the vapor pressure deficit experienced by the plants. Good circulation also assists in minimizing fluctuations in the greenhouse. This makes monitoring easier and more effective while providing uniform, optimal conditions, including VPD, throughout the grow space. Very cool. Man, Herbers could learn a lot from that. Especially this time of year, parent stuff, man. It's measured in kilopascals. That's what the KPA is. Very cool. Look at this. We learned something. The listeners learned something. Yes, Billy Jenkins, I'm liking this VPD. I'm liking that it was 1.53 today, but the whole week it never broke. Oh, no, it did go up to two. Never mind. Let's see. Wikipedia says VPD can be a limiting factor in plant growth. Climate change is predicted to increase the importance of VPD in plant growth and will further limit growth rates across ecosystems. For applications in context of wildfire, the VPD can be utilized when predicting behavior of a wildfire. Such predictions are an essential tool of wildfire suppression. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, that's wild. 
don't know. So looking at this, uh, looking at my my one um, my one unit that is in my south window, that is the hottest part of the entire house. Uh, today, it got to two point three two kPa, and surprisingly, the dew point was fifty one point eight Fahrenheit. So. The humidity, relative humidity, forty-one point eight. Highest. That's, that's pretty the, good, man, for what I'm trying to do. In the snake room, the highest it looks like mine got is one point seven seven. It's point seven eight in the garage currently, right here. So nice. I gotta get one of these and put it in with the fields vipers, because the between them and the sarasti sarastis, they're the driest, hottest things in the room. So I'm, I wonder if I, I and they don't have gobies with them because because they're they're right. super dry super hot. I don't I don't need to know it you know what I mean. Um, very interesting to see. I want to put one in with them. See what the VPD comes out to. That's yeah, super it's, cool. It's a crisp fifty four point eight in the garage right now. Oh wow! Because yeah. I have I pulled the snakes. I, I put everything into cooling that was going in cooling. So they're yeah. They're in the garage, and that's I put a Govi with them every year when they're in the garage, so I can monitor where they're actually at, and I don't have to guess because it's typically you know ten degrees or so warmer in the garage than it is outside. Yeah, um, but just to be safe, I like to have that Govi there so I can keep an eye on things. Smart, very smart. Yeah, my snake room's at seventy four point five right now. So very cool, man. Very cool. Pun intended. <laughs> How's that double broadleaf? Sparking it. Be better if I kept it lit. <clears throat> yeah, so I have that that heater in the room now, and I I reverse the fan, so it's pulling that air up. Okay. So circulating it around some so. nice you still have that foam door sweep i do i bet you that keeps stuff in really well oh it does yeah and even when i open the door to kind of try and ventilate it some when i do feel like it's a little warm in there if i'm in there trying to do stuff for a while instead of sweating my ass off let it cool off some um it's almost like there's a barrier like in that doorway from the heat of that room to yeah the coolness of the house which the house typically stays about 70 it got like 68 i think last night okay uh, so it's 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 working i mean that that heater definitely takes some time to sort of really get going and for that room to really sort of heat up it's not a it's not a fast change which i don't mind <clears throat> But trying to find that sweet spot to where it's not blazing hot in there, uh, and yeah. it's like a comfortable temperature that I'm I'm comfortable with the room being at for the day. You know, that's that's sure. been kind of a little tough because um, it is like it's a Walmart brand heater, so obviously it's not like top of the line, you know, yeah. anything like that. It does the job. Uh, me and Jake talked about those heaters on last week, week before last last thp episode we like we like those oil filled ones because it's considerably less of a fire risk than the ones with the open element that's exposed oh, yeah. you know or just has oh yeah over it i know um, a lot of people that got messed up with those man yeah yeah 
And I, I actually really, I need to get another one to put in, in the mouse house. Because uh, those, you know, those get the brunt of, of the colder weather, especially. So Yeah, for sure. Need to get another one in there. And now that it's actually really starting to cool off a good bit, like it's getting, it's getting legitimately cold here. Yeah. Uh, it's getting to be that time where this time of year I start to add, you know, when I do changes and, and cleanings and stuff, I give them a nice big fistful of, you know, hay, get a nice layer of that so they can, they can nest in it. I've been taking the like paper grocery bags that we get because we usually get a ton of them, um, tear those up, basically giving them a bunch of options to make like nesting materials and things like that to help, help them combat the elements a little better. That's good, man. That's good. Now, uh, since we're on the topic, how do you feel about ceramic heat emitters? The ones you screw into a reptile dome, if you will. I don't think I've ever actually used them. Really? Um, I mean, I really haven't had that many lizards to where I needed to. And I never had any snakes that needed to get that hot. So I never, never bothered. Um, yeah. I would be nervous. I thought about using them for the Ackies. They they just in the smaller enclosed cage. They would make me really nervous. Oh yeah, you you can't use them on anything too small. Yeah, but. like even that four footer. I feel like it would get real real toasty in there with one of those those heat emitters. Well, that's the idea. Um, <laughs> for something like the rodents, where I have like sort of a corner of a barn type setup, to have like one or two of those there and just on that corner just keeping it above freezing yep. if we get to that point here my thoughts perfect. exactly that's exactly what i want to want to use in the past i've used like a giant heat bulb like mercury bulb um but those you know those burn out they're incandescent so they, yeah. they don't last terribly long um so heat <clears throat> is, is definitely the way to go but i would have to use an oil-filled heater out there because of how dusty it is and with all the you know, there's there's a bunch of crap and stuff that floats around in, in that that it's basically a barn. So to have an open open heating element exposed to, to everything that's in there, that's just that's a fire waiting to happen. So I those those oil filled ones make me much less nervous about about the fire hazard aspect. So yeah, well I've used those ceramic heat emitters a lot, um, and I'll first say that you have to use it on an enclosure big enough you have to use it with a species that is that tolerant of the extreme heat i.e desert arid stepland what have you um and the dome that you use has to be a ceramic fixture if you use a plastic, plastic one crap. it will melt it will catch on fire it will burn out not good no bueno um but i've actually got alligator clips and i've alligator clipped the cord from like my uh my pallet shelving you know my racks and just let those heat emitters just warm the whole room and i'll put a 150 watt ceramic heat emitter for a six foot long euromastic enclosure right and i'll screw that sucker in there and i'll have three of them in the room and that'll keep that desert room toasty in the dead of winter um i never used it to its full potential because i don't live in a climate that would Right, for right. Need that, you know, but I imagine if I lived up north, I totally once could. in like a decade, you'll have to break that puppy out. Well, well, what I would do is they were on timers to rate because when I lived with my roommate, that room was shaded most of the afternoon when the sun would be at its peak. 
So right. to increase the temperature in the room, to bring it up to a, a, a proper 87, 88 degrees uh, during the hottest part of the day, I had those heat emitters on timers. So for four hours every afternoon, those things were just cooking. And then they turn off and then it takes them a solid 40 minutes to cool down. So oh, it's yeah. just enough to, yeah, just enough to balance it out. Um, I don't have any of them on right now. And I'm wondering if I, if I may have to, but I'm kind of torn, man, because I'm not pairing a bunch of stuff, but I kind of want to see how cold I can get the room now that it is the way that it is. I feel like this year is going to be a good barometer for that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Jenkins mentioned, you know, thermostats and stuff. And, and I talked to like Andy Middleton uses these oil filled heaters. Uh, Jake uses these oil filled heaters. I don't think Jake uses a thermostat with his. Um, I don't use a thermostat with mine mostly because my room is not big and it does not take a lot. Like, I don't have to have that thing on, on like the highest setting set to the highest heat to do the job. Uh, and even then, I mean, it's like Jake just leaves his on 24 seven pretty much at this point. And his room is bigger than mine. But um, to me, a thermostat, I don't, I don't know that it would really make a difference. That room is, is small. It would be cutting on and off constantly, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just going back to those emitters real quick. Chris Trippy says he's got ones that are three plus years old. I know I got ones that are at least three plus four years old. Easy. Um, and I don't I don't even know if I've ever really had one go bad. I know I've given them to friends and be like, hey, I don't even know if this still works. Try it, you know. Um, but yeah, I feel like those oil filled heaters are way safer for what we're doing just because of the mishaps that happen. You know, and the Walmart ones suppo are supposedly, according to the box, have like fail safe. So, like, if it gets tipped over, it turns off. Um, I'm assuming if there's some sort of malfunction in terms of the wiring, it turns off. I need to, I need to look. But Do, does yours have casters on it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Casters. Yeah. And it's not a big unit. I mean, it's roughly the same footprint as like a 32 quart tub in terms of height and, and width. You know, yeah. It's not. It's not it could fit inside of a 32 quart tub probably i don't know that you could close it with the lid on and everything but so so yours is rectangular it's not a tower it's not i mean it is rectangular but it's not like tall it's not tall it's yeah. wider than it is tall yeah okay oh a little bit let me let me look it up cuz now yeah go for it yeah i know uh underground's farm uh, when they first built the farm and they were still trying to figure out insulation here and there, they had put one of those in, I think, the Boa room and the Venomous room. And it had those fail-safe things in it. And I guess they were on wheels. They were on casters. So if someone went to go work in there, they would just like push the thing out of the way. Well, one time it got too hot and it actually melted the front face of a rack. Luckily, there was no animals in that rack. Uh, it was just like the empty, you know, when the rack's empty, you like leave the tubs halfway out to show that it's empty. Yeah. Well, those tubs were all like wilted over, you know, it just it got too close. Um, but then there was a couple other times where people moved it out of the way so they could mop or sweep or whatever. And the fail safe turned on and it turned off and they came in the morning. It was like, holy crap, it's cold in here. What, what happened to the heater? Realizing that it was still plugged in it had it had auto killed itself. And so it's like they used to, you know, tell all the employees that aren't 
animal handlers, you know, hey, don't move these things around or, or let us know if you moved it or you unplugged it or whatever. Yeah. So. And Tyson asked, uh, do those heaters not come with a built-in thermostat? They do. So that's kind of been the thing that throws me off. And now that I'm reading these specs, it makes more sense. So there's two knobs on these because it's it's the Mainstays brand. There's one that has like one through three. And then there's like a thermostat knob, which has like, you know, a min max sort of gradient bar that gets bigger as you like a refrigerator. Yeah. Um, and I'm looking at this now and it says there's three heat settings, 600, 900 and 1500 watt, which is what that one through three is. And then the other knob controls the temperature. So I guess you set it on whatever wattage you want it to be. And then how hot you want it to be from that, that gradient knob. Um, auto shut off and safety tip over protection. It is quiet. So it says whole room, quiet radiant heat. That thing doesn't make a sound. It's awesome. Nice. Um, let's see specs. It is 11 inches long, just like 13 inches wide and 25 inches tall. Okay. So it's pretty compact and it says it's meant to heat maximum room size is 107 square feet. Oh, wow. So it's pretty good, man. Pretty good. Yeah, it's a good little unit for 50 bucks. You know, it's so now my next question is if you're maintaining an ambient uh, and you, you said you move stuff into the garage for cooling. Yes. So what stuff did you keep in the room and what stuff did you move? Uh, so pretty much all the younger stuff. So babies and yearlings and, and things like that. I kept in the garage and this is all colubrids. Um, so you are calling this all corn snakes and, and bears basically. There's, okay. You know, there's, there's nothing else really in that stack, but you are cooling juveniles that have not reached sexual maturity yet. There's a couple pairs that are like next year will be their first year. Okay. Um, everything else is still in the room and there's a couple adults like my, my first, my original pair of bears. I'm not cooling. I'm giving them the year off absinthe who's that ghost tessera that has bred for me the last two years in a row i'm giving her the year off so i didn't put her in cooling um and they're still going to get a cycle because it is going to be cooler in that room overall and they yeah. are getting a pretty severe cutback on food for the next couple weeks so okay. they are going to get somewhat of a cooling but it's not going to be the deep cooling like they're getting in the garage so nice um yeah mostly corns and it's it's just stuff that you know take a give me some some time to load up the freezer you know I, there's really only a couple pairs i'm planning on doing next year i think corn pairings i'm looking at maybe three okay i don't know i don't think i don't know if i don't think i'm gonna do any bears next year i don't know it depends on how how the chondro things are chondro front is looking but nice also depends on how many babies i still have come spring so true true but there's, there's at least two corn pairings for sure that I'm, I'm planning on doing, which is the Pied Blood Red stuff uh, and the one, a 2021 male Ladies Island F1 back to mom for the first time. So I'm pretty pretty excited to see what, what happens with that. That's kind of that next step in the, the line breeding project thing. So cool. we'll see what happens. Excellent. Excellent. 
and then I have another pair, um, some stuff that's het, like candy cane and het honey that I'm going to try and see. That's a smaller female, so it, it, I think she'll be fine. But if that's going to be, if there's going to be a clutch there, it's going to be a small one, I'm sure. So. Yeah, that's all right. And how is the chondro front? Uh, fine. So that the, the pair that I've, I've had together, um, he's gone into shed and there hasn't been any action. You know, they were locking up a lot at first females been cruising every night. Uh, so I need to separate them probably and get a meal in her. Um, and that's, that's been kind of it. So they locked up a lot. So we'll hopefully within the next couple weeks, I'll have a, you know, an ovulation and some other, odds you know the the usual steps yeah so do it by I the numbers that uh that that baby that i have from olsen that's been you know trying to get that started i've been assist feeding that whole pinks which has been a process uh basically just like you would do with like pinky heads where you shove it in their mouth and then kind of let them hang uh to where they can't get any leverage to like spit it out and they finally figure it out and swallow it because they're like okay i guess i can't spit it out so i'm just gonna go ahead and eat it um the same thing just with whole pinks and it the past two times i've done it so i did it last night and then i did it like the weekend prior and it was a solid like half hour of putting this thing in in its mouth holding like while it's hanging from my hand because i'm you know i have it in my hand i put the pinky in and then i'm holding it letting it dangle this sounds so wrong right now. The thing in its mouth and dangling and all that. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Um, and after like, you know, the fourth or fifth time of putting it back in the mouth, it finally gets the gets the message, and it's it's taken, you know, two whole pinkies now, which I think is is really really good for it because it was needing something more than just you know a head or or a tail. You yeah, know, you're kind of getting to that point to where it's like you you need some some sustenance. Yeah, need like, need something more. You need yeah, there needs to be something more substantial. Uh, yeah, and I could I mean I could definitely tell even from that first pinky, after a week, like it had it bulked up a little bit, like it had it just kind of plumped up some. Um, and now it's just for whatever reason I've been struggling. It's been looking dehydrated, like it's getting the the wrinkles and the skin and stuff and. I've been misting it and changing the water regularly. And I'm like, I don't know what gives. So could be seasonal, man. Hey, I mean, it could be, but it's still, yeah. hopefully the, you know, that was one of the things that hopefully the pinky helps with too, is get some hydration in there. Yeah. Yeah. Have you tried doing the assist feeding, but not in your hand yet? Like, like how do I phrase this? I'm assuming it's in a tub. It is. I'm assuming it has arboreal perches of some kind in that tub. Yep. So can, could you remove the whole tub, put it on your table, basically hold it in your hand while it's still on its perch, assist feed, and then get both hands out? He's shaking his head no, people, as he relights his stogie. Elaborate, Monsieur. Uh, no, because this is a... So first of all, this baby is a runner through and through. 
this baby has not taken a swing at me. This baby does not strike. This baby does not bite. Like it, it just hauls ass. It is a wimp. Damn. There is not a, a bad bone in that animal's body. Damn, damn, damn. So that makes things a little more difficult. Like the spunky ones that are that are really fired up, those are the ones that are the easiest to get going. Like those are never a problem. You know, because you can get them to strike something and then after a while they hold on to it and they're like, wait, I think this might be food, and then they yeah. eat it. With the runners and the ones that you just can't get any sort of reaction out of, those are the those are the ones that are difficult because their first instinct is to leap off the perch and take off and then do laps around the tub. Um, so this one has been, you know, and it, the frustrating thing is that it's not from a lack of that thing being hungry because there's been multiple times where I walk in the room and that thing's perched ready to go and that tail is just going nuts. Really? That tail is, is luring like crazy. So then I'm like, okay, let me offer it something. And so I'll, I'll warm up a pinky real quick and I'll put it in front of it. Nothing. It just, it, it's all of it. It just turns off and no Damn. interest. So it's bizarre, man. It is. It'll have come you, around eventually. It's just, it's going to take some time. And I mean, have you tried putting some foliage in there? I haven't. Jake mentioned that. And, yeah. and I need to, I've been meaning to swing by PetSmart or Walmart and grab a little, you know, a little sprig of it or something to put in there. Cause it's in a six yeah. quart shoe box right now with a man's a need to perch. It's not, okay. it's nothing crazy, but my thought process there is like, no one's like, there's anyone, there's rarely anyone in the room. Yeah. And it has a shelf above it. So there is a canopy, right? Yeah, so right now I have it set up. I got one of those ultratherm pads because before I got the heater, it was getting cooler in there, and I was kind of just like, I need yeah. to keep this thing a little warmer. So I got an old, one of the small ultratherm pads and put it on the shelf that some of my cooling tubs, like the, the tubs that the, the adults are usually in, when it comes time to cool, I just pull those out because I have the lids still, slap the lids on them, and now I just have empty racks in the room. So that baby right now is in one of those slots. Um, and again, like it's... Like there's nothing going on in that room that would there's not yeah. people in and out constantly. There's none of that. So yeah. I was you know, by on paper it should not be an issue. Right. Yeah, I would still get one of those like fake ficus, silk ficus leaves, silk ficus branch, excuse me, and just throw it in there loose and just see if that does something. You know, throw it on top of the manzanita. Yeah. Couldn't hurt. It's uh I mean I I periodically been leaving like a, a small live pink in there too overnight. <clears throat> Just to see, like in case it, it yeah. decides to take some interest. Uh, so far, that has been the case. I tried scenting with chick down, parakeet down, no joy. I tried scenting. Jake had like a dead cave gecko in his freezer. Yeah. So I tried scenting with that. Nothing. Tried scenting with the leopard gecko shed that Baron sent me. Nothing. Damn. Like this has been, this one's been tough. So telling you man chinese food market snails i need to try frog leg again like scenting with the piece of frog leg you do that too could do that too well i speaking of scenting i learned that um <laughs> so the adult female subak transpickles rat snake that i got from nemo that thing will eat anything you put in front of it it she's a lunatic um by far the most puppy dog snake in my entire collection unless it's at nine o'clock at night and she knows it's time to eat um 
And I've been giving her a rap pup, one rap pup once a week, just to keep that body going, you know, um, and trying to keep, you know, the smaller, smaller size, but still have some, some meat and some fat in there, you know? So I have my albino baby and I was like, you know what? Let me give it a rat pink. It's at the size where it could take a small rat pink and just see if she takes. Dude, that thing does not like rats at all. It also does not like being teased fed in the least capacity. So then I took that same rat pink. Obviously, it's alive. And I go to give it to my uh, year or year and a half, two year old silver male. And dude, that snake was like, what the hell is that? What is that doing in my domain? It smells weird. Get it out of here. Like, and this is again, this is a snake that takes food from my fingers. That thing wanted nothing to do with rat. So I literally, with, without washing my hands, I take the rat pink out. I then grab a live fuzzy and I hold it there and the thing went bananas. And it was at that point that I noticed that it had shed and I pull out the shed and it looks like it might be a girl. Oh, <sighs> so that means that there is now a high probability that I have three female subox. Not a bad problem to have. Not a bad problem to have. Not a bad problem to have. But my thoughts of pairing him to that adult female next year might be out the window. So, yeah. But at the same time, it's Poshead Albino and it's Silver. So now everything is either Head Albino, is either Head Albino, Albino, or Poshead, and all Head for Silver. And the Albino and the adult female are both Head Blonde. So I got I got cool odds coming. Everything's there. Yeah, everything's there. So part of me is like, well, man, do I do? Should I be upset that it's not a boy? I don't know. And I'm purely going off of I've never popped it, I've never probed it. I'm purely going off of the shed with the with the red spots and the slit and all that, you know. <sighs> Interesting stuff. It just means it just means I need to buy more subbox. There you go. It's an excuse, if anything. I know, right? Don't tell my fiance. Lisa said braining and boiled chicken liver are her go-tos. So I've tried braining across different species in the past like corns and some kings and chondros and some other stuff and it the rhinos and it it does nothing they don't it doesn't make any difference i think i've had braining work like twice in my life i still try it every now and then but for the most part it just i get no reaction but i will chicken liver is actually not a bad idea i can get those things of like chicken livers gross styrofoam cup that's usually just covered in like juice <laughs> Ugh. and the people at the grocery store are like whatever man it is what it is like take it or leave it Ugh. and i just yeah I, i'm not a i'm not an organs person i know people are all about it but there's something about eating the body's filtration system that i'm just not yeah not yeah i'm with you man i'm a thousand percent with you i will say this i've actually had braining work really well for a lot of arboreal pit vipers and some stubborn venomous that you can't just hold its head and shove something in its mouth again phrasing um but i will say this when we say the word braining what we're referring to for those of you who are not hip to our slang 
Uh, we're talking about taking a pre-euthanized frozen thawed prey item and taking a small knife like a scalpel or exacto blade or even just a small needle and just poking a hole into the brain cavity of the prey item and you don't have to squeeze it you don't have to pop it like a zit you just put a little hole in there and the pressure release will have some of that brain juice come out I usually, usually i usually squeeze it a little bit you usually squeeze it. all right well you get a little, a little bit little bead just so. a, just right a droplet of brain juice and that in itself will be a scent enticement for the specimen at hand to uh to predict Something about that spinal fluid they can't resist yep i don't know man i think eventually this chondro will it'll it'll happen it's just a it's the waiting game now like yeah you do the thing where you you still offer it without assisting and then if it doesn't take and it's like okay we're gonna you know usually i'll come back the next day i'll give it some time off before i i play that 30 minute game with it because it at first like when i did it the first time i was like okay this is either gonna it's either gonna work or this thing's gonna crash and i'm gonna find it dead yeah stress yeah, exactly. Like we miss a hundred percent of the shots we don't take. At this point, there's nowhere to go but up. So I did it, and it did fine. Yeah. And I had a really healthy poop, so I was like, okay, perfect. And so then I did it again last night. Had a good BM. Same problem, like not a problem, but same thing. Like did did fine. So it's not my favorite thing to do in the world, but at this point, it's it's the best thing for the animal as far as getting some size on it and getting some weight on it and <clears> helping it helping it grow because that will be a stunning green tree like that thing is is dark it is a dark red baby like that thing is going to be an absolute banger yeah dude, it's like plum yeah 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 it's like plum dude just got to get it going and that and see that that's this i need to tell myself what you just said because the leonis i got from paint shop uh dude the thing eats boiled pink every single time but my dumbass keeps trying to feed it other things, live pink or um, uh, frozen thawed that's mm-hmm. not boiled. You know what I mean? And like, I keep trying these other things because I want it to just eat like a king snake. You know what I mean? And I have to tell myself, stop. It is the just ideal it pet. It yeah. It, well, yeah, it's the ideal pet. It wants a boiled pinky. It doesn't want to be teased fed. It doesn't want live. It wants something literally out of the freezer. So, why am I fighting this when it's super simple and easy? Yeah. So I just need to keep doing what I'm doing. So, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Only do the liver if you're desperate. Katie won't be happy when you stink up the house boiling it. Yeah. That, that'd be something where, like, if she's out at TJ Maxx or something, let's just go ahead and do this. Yep. And our boy Michael Gillen says that the Wild Rose Pass Transpecos Rattlesnakes from Smitty are currently cooled. Boy, that pair was smoking. I know. I'm still mad at Michael for that. Wild Rose Pass will forever yeah. be my favorite Subak locality. It's pretty schmexy. Gorgeous. Pretty schmexy. But the, uh, yeah, I, I you know I I wanted to try like scenting with Turkicus gecko, but of course when I went to go like find one here in the garage, they're all gone. They're all in the attic or something because it's cold in here. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so that's not happening. And then, um, yeah, I, I wish we had access to the skinks that these things naturally eat when they're when they're little like this. I think they're actually in like the Cincella family. 
Okay. If I'm not mistaken. They're like similar to the ground skinks we have yeah. here in the southeast. Well, have you tried uh, a blue tail? I haven't tried a blue tail. So, ironically, David Brahms a couple years ago was like, "Hey, do you have you know? Can you have like small skinks in your area?" And we have the little ground skinks, which is the ones I'm talking about, the Cincella, little tiny brown. Like yeah. adults, I think are that that long. Like they're they're it's a very small species of skink. And I'm like, these would be perfect. Let me catch you a few. So I caught him. I think like two or three of them and shipped them to him. And I think he tried them and he didn't get any luck out of them. But I don't know. I want to do more more looking into that because they talk about that that briefly. They talk about that species of skink in the uh, the Condro book by by Philip and, and Julander. Right. Um. I want to want to look that up because I'm just curious. Because I think it's it's very similar to the alternative situation where it's like, yeah, you can scent with green and oil. Some might take, most won't. But you 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 scent with scoloporus, and it's it's on. Like yeah, you know yeah. So, and then it's I'm more curious too now about what like when is the transition period for for chondros, not only in their habitat ontogenetically but diet because they live two different lives as babies and as adults. They're, they're completely different animals. It's, it's really yeah. wild. Um, you know, what's that? At what point is it typical to see chondros go from skinks to mammals? Uh, you know, and how does that coincide with the color change as well and the habitat change? Um, just questions I have constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Valid questions. I'm actually surprised that you know how they always have on Animal Planet or Nat Geo, or whatever they have like a, a documentary where they start and it's very much anthropomorphizing, it's very much pulling at the heartstrings, and there's drama. Manor. Well, no, I, well, I, I've never actually watched that, but uh, what I was saying, they have like where it's a lion cub, yeah, and it's like they give it like a know, story, they give it a story, right? And you're you're watching this lion cub reach maturity and you have no idea if that's the same freaking lion. It could be six different cats in that documentary, but you still have that story. I'm actually really surprised they haven't done something like that with reptiles, whether it be Chondra Python going through the change and living on the Recreate forest. Recreate a live action version of Verdi. Yeah. Just and, without all the loop-de-loops and shit. Yeah, exactly. And uh, not, not even... I mean... Yeah, you, you could do Verdi, but it there are other species that live a similar like they haven't they that they could do it with salamanders, they could do it with yeah. frogs. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be a rare green snake in the jungle. We can call it anamorphs. Oh god, Smitty. Dude, I had every one of those books as a kid. I was I was all about some anamorphs, son. So, I liked I liked Beast Wars. See, Sir Black said, when I looked it up, I think it was Copper Skinks, Amaya Sayonara. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to double check the book because I'm, I'm, again, I've been meaning to look into it more. And actually, what I should do is send an email to Natush and ask him, you know, in, because he, I think there, I don't think there's anyone in, in the history of the world that has done more infield research on chondros than Natush. Yeah. Like you can yeah. look up all the papers that you can find on chondros. Natush's name is on pretty much all of them. So yeah, I was like, if there's anybody that's going to have a good insight on that, 
Um, and even if I can figure out what species they are and then sort of reverse engineer the phylogeny and go back to like, okay, what do we have here that's closest to that that might work? Sure, sure. Try it. I don't. I don't know. At this point, we're we're trying things. You know, like on paper, chick down should have zero effect with getting babies to eat, but for some reason, some of them are all about it. They don't even eat or birds that much in the wild. Like that's right. the funny thing with condors is people think you know the general misconception is that they're bird eaters and it's like nine times out of ten when they find gut contents in in green trees they're like birds ain't it so yeah yeah i'm just surprised they haven't put trail cams out you know i mean even in like cape york right like obviously indonesia's in papua west papua iran jaya whatever you want to call it that's hard to do i get that especially for western scientists i, I get that but like Cape York, man, people find babies all the time. They find adults all the time. Like find some babies, stick a trail cam, go back the next day. If it's still there, leave it alone and just let it keep recording. You know, if this animal moved, yeah, you pull the trail cam, you find another one. You know, I feel like that could yeah, be, I mean, you're really like attained in, to a certain degree, obviously, because the other sort of the other thing that Natush has talked about is like there really isn't a ton of movement in terms of like horizontal in space. Like chondras are hanging out in a lot of the same sort of tree clusters or same trees. And then they're just going up during the day, down at night, up during the day, down at night, like back and forth until they finally catch something to eat. You know, males being the exception because males are going to, are going to travel a little more, but even then, let me see. Jenkins said, Bellatorius. Uh, what is that? Free rare, free rare free rare eye? Close enough. The major skink. It's in the family Sincidae. Because Black, you know, me, me and Dustin Black were talking the other day, and he was like, do they ever import that, that skink species? And I don't recall ever seeing it yeah yeah because i feel like it's a species that is not necessarily attractive and it is not it's very fossorial it's gonna hide it's gonna be in leaf litter you know it's not your your emerald green or your blue tongue or anything like that that's gonna be more pet worthy so why would really, they they're not bad looking skinks honestly like they are actually attractive yeah but it doesn't have it, it doesn't have stripes doesn't have a blue tail it doesn't have a, a fire under its chin you know so i'm just no, thinking about no, like no, reasons adam oh they have they're a hundred dollars really one left in stock <laughs> interesting I need you to talk to your people because I'm curious now. Send me one. I'll keep it as a pet and I'll just use it for sending. Because all right, I, all right, I'll make some make some phone calls. How interesting would that be if you try that and that works? It, dude, send me the send me the link so I get the right species, and uh, I'll even see. Because sadly to say, importers a lot of animals do pass away from tons of unforeseen circumstances. They may even have a frozen one. I will gladly pay for one and shipping for that if that's yeah. 
Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll find out. Remind me tomorrow, and I'll find I out. I just, I just sent you the link. Okay, cool, perfect. Yeah, I mean, they're really like they're not a bad looking. Let me pull them up. It's really not a bad looking species. Yeah, and I mean, and, and hey, man, it, it may not even be a scent thing. It may just be a visual thing because, dude, I got the exact species of African blue-tailed skinks that my particular species of stiletto snake consume in the wild from their home region i got them alive and i got them frozen and they could care less <laughs> jenkins said i pulled it from the same book you're talking about i wanted in a raffle on here <laughs> <laughs> that's great yeah they it looks like a, a fairly big species too lisa like comparable to the the broadheads we have here which in comparison to the other skink species and lizard species is big because most of the species we have here get about the size of green anoles and that's it. So yeah. You see a big male broadheaded skink, man. That's like an impressive little lizard, dude. Yeah. Oh, wow. That is not what I was expecting. I had something completely different in my mind. Yeah, no. I mean, like I said, they're 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 pretty little lizards. Nothing. They're they're handsome. They're not flashy. Right. They have charisma. Charisma. It's a special quality of leadership that inspires Thank allegiance you. and devotion. Thank you. Thank you. You got it. You got it. That's why we're partners on this show, bro. That's why. I love Char- that movie. Charisma. I can't do I that actually, without thinking of that movie. Yes, yes. I actually just got Ed and Marie to watch it the other day. <laughs> I, 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 Katie begrudgingly watched it with me one day a while back. And she's like, and she, stupidest movie. I'm like, you don't it, know. It's, you don't it's know a romantic movie. comedy. It's great. I have to give wow. props to whoever does the photography for Underground because usually it's pretty on point. They've actually, uh, they've had, I don't know who does it now, but they've had a lot of different photographers over the years. And I don't want to say it's not the photographer because it totally is, but their setup to do animal photography is par none. I mean, it, they have like a whole, how do I phrase this? It's an entire office. So they have like this big open air office, this huge, huge, massive open air office, right? And all these desks in it for everyone to do their different desk jobs and then there's one corner that's probably like 15 feet by 15 feet that's just for photography and like editing photos and that kind of thing so they do a great job that thing has a very much a uh, a gurney face to it yeah right yeah it does I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see how their setup is for that, too, because species like this, I can't imagine getting them to sit still long enough is is easy. Oh, no, no. They no. probably have four people standing it's there with their hands out. Be, like, is it like a like a tub type setup where it's like enclosed and they can? They, they have several different things. I mean, so, sometimes they'll they have like these little walls that they put up. Uh, other times it's just one person will cover the animal with their hands, much like we do in field herping and then take their hands off real quick, you know. I'll pay him for a damn tail if I have to. Yeah, I'll find out tomorrow. Find out for me. They do have a very Agurnia build. They do. The with the Agurnia like pixelation to it. 
There is Google did have an Agurnia major as one of the really that? so the formerly Agurnia kind of thing. Maybe it was because I hit Agurnia major and that skink is all that shows up. Was Agurnia, yeah. So it was at one point Agurnia. Nice. That's such a cool group of lizards, too, man. It is. It really is. God. Seeing those things in person, it made sense. I get it now. Yeah, man. Especially the ones out of the Pilbara. Oh. Ipers have, or at least did at one point, because on their Meet Our Animals page. Where's Scott? Scott here yet? Nah, he's not in Strophurus. God, that's another one. What are you looking at? Looking at Scott and Ty's Ty's page. Oh, okay. Okay. Tender dark brown flesh. Yo, how crazy would it be if this skink was the key? I mean, there's only one way we're going to find out. I'll jump on that grenade. Yeah. They have three to ten young in a litter. And the underground site said they get up to like 15 inches. It's a decent, decent sized lizard, man. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. Do they give the locality of these or no? Uh, it says like, I think North Queensland into Papua New Guinea. So like Northern Australia, sort of the same similar range uh, that you would get chondros. Yeah. Yeah. So Northern, like Cape York area, Iron Range. Is right up yonder. This is where condors in Australia are native to. So it's no surprise that they have pretty much the same habitat, like distribution. Yeah. And then it gets down into into the other Texas-sized provinces. Look at that the western side. They were like, "We're just going to take half this whole continent. Y'all can figure <laughs> y'all y'all can figure out the other half. Yeah. Work yeah. it out amongst yourselves." <laughs> oh I can't I can't read that from here yeah so they were in a gurney at one point it makes sense man that face it does make complete sense now that we look at it that face I don't know so look that's how the hive mind of, of snakes and stogies works Y'all help make ideas come to life. It's very true. I do wonder very if they're true. communal. That would be a good uh, a good good question to ask Scott too. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Chirpy says a very dignified skink. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the one time we need Scott, he's not here. Yeah, he'll listen to this later and be like, son of a bitch. <sighs> I'm going to message him right now and be like, I need you to tell me everything you know about major skinks. <laughs> all right. Give me, uh, all, your, give me all, your, all your information. You sure you want to open that Pandora's box? I'll do it. <laughs> if that's uh, the key. If that's the key. Jeez. I mean, I'm just, I'm surprised that, that they're imported. You know, that was like, I remember reading the name in the book and being like, there's no way people, like, I've never heard of those. There's no way people bring them in. Lo and behold, because I'll bet you those babies are like the perfect chondro size meal. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Because I also, that book also mentions frogs, because you would think, you know, frog species and small frogs being a, like optimal prey item and stuff. But frogs also aren't something they, they eat much of. Um, I think Natouche said he, re he really only found, I think, I think it was less than 10 animals out of, you know, however many thousands uh, actually had frog remains in them. So Very they're also like, not only are they looking at the gut content of some of these animals they find, um, but also, you know, they're, they're looking through the, the BMs and stuff uh, and finding like bones and skin and stuff and being able to take that to a lab and then analyze it and see what it is. Um you know, it's really cool. So very interesting. You're waiting, you're waiting for the send link text. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. That underground has them though. Yeah. Love to know the locality of the ones that got. I mean, it'd have to be Papua, obviously, right? Yeah, yeah, obviously. It ha it has to be West Papua. You ever wonder what we're missing out on on the other side of that? That you mean border? on in the country of Papua New Guinea? The whole the whole thing. What do you mean the whole thing? On the Irian Jaya side. Well, we know it's there. <laughs> we that's where no, we. No, I mean like from. the localities and things. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure, and, and I'm sure it's totally different because a lot of that stuff a lot of the quote-unquote i don't want to be degrading but a lot of the good stuff goes to europe and asia we don't even see it you know yeah i don't i've seen some pictures of some of the the chondros that they found in some of those areas uh sort of on the other side and it's they're pretty interesting looking well i i don't want to spoil too much but uh Venom Exchange Radio, Mark O'Shea, episode two is done. I'm just waiting on Mark's approval to air it. I was going to try and air it last week, but he hasn't been able to finish doing my proofreading stuff that I wanted him to do. And um, he gives some some pretty awesome info on Papua and the current Papua. And for certain species, again, I don't want to give too much the current away. Papua in what regard? Uh, politically and uh, environmentally, oh, like sort of the state of the union kind of thing. Well, more so, you know, certain species that were in decline are now not necessarily in decline. Um, uh, certain reasons for certain species that may be in decline that shouldn't be, and vice versa. So, like I said, I'll, I'll leave it for people to to listen to. But um, but it was good, man. It was good, and. It just goes back to the whole save the habitat to save the species. Did he specify what, like when they're clearing land and stuff there, like what is it for? Is it like lumber? Uh, I don't remember. It's not oil palm. What the hell is it? I can't remember. But it's it's not necessarily lumber like we do in the States where they're actually right. chopping down trees to make. No, they're clearing jungle to plant a completely different uh, plant that has nothing to do with that at all so farming basically yeah at legitimate agriculture yeah so see booth said him nick mutton and ryan young saw some real cool preserved scrubs from the east likely new species very cool 
Yeah, and there was one one locality in particular that I remember seeing pictures of, uh, and the like in Condros, and the build and the head structure was odd. Maybe it was just like the one or two animals they had pictures of, but they were definitely like had more of an emerald build to them than a condor. Like they were a little shorter and they were a little chunkier. Um, a little more broad-headed. And the, the head seemed much more sort of blocky and geometric, if that yeah makes sense. I forget the name of the locality. It was something kind of bizarre, but it's pretty interesting looking. And I just, you got to wonder what some of that stuff, you know, in that, that mountain range that just cuts the entire hunk yeah. of land in, in half, you know, what's it looking like on, on both sides of that. And yeah. Different. It's that it's so sketchy over there. Cause I'd love to. Yeah. So, yeah. I know. Right. I know. Absolutely. Amazing. Um, and then I also think about because the, the landmass is so diverse in elevation and your different biomes within those elevations, you have a lot of species that are inhabiting multiple biomes at multiple elevations and are the traits of those individual animals indicative of, say, an elevation or a higher humidity or uh, a different plant type, whatever you want to call it. Right, right. You know, and it, it just goes back to Nova Guineas, man. Mm -hmm. I know most of this group chat, myself included, we have Nova Guineas. And for those of you who are unaware, Nova Guineas are the slang name of the Papuan carpet pythons that come from the east side of the island. And they're totally different, man. They're not IJs. They're totally different. And obviously, certain individuals have contributed to their, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Taxonomic revisions or lack thereof. Mm -hmm. But anybody who's kept IJs and kept Nova Guineas, it's a different animal, man. It's super cool. It's kind of it's similar to the the canebrake versus timber sort of debate. Yeah, yeah, you know? absolutely. I I mean I like novas. You could you can look at and like pick it out of a lineup. Be like, okay, if these are yeah. be from the same plot spot, like same area geographically overall, not exact same locality, but same general area of the globe. And you look at those and you'd be like, okay, that's clearly not the yeah. same one of these things is not yeah. like the other you know i like how they kind of just naturally look like jags exactly see booth says he has genetic data on novas if he remembers tomorrow i'll check that and let you know so, hell yeah brother i'd be cool. appreciate that that's awesome very cool if you have also that information about the nicaraguan pose too if you remember that because i had asked warren about about that because i had a point in time where i was keeping a good bit of nicaraguans and it was one of those things where like in comparison to other imperator nicaraguans were kind of similar to where it's like okay if i saw that i could probably i could pick that out and say that's a nicaraguan in comparison to the other ones and so it's like is there something legitimately different in those like the costa ricans are kind of similar like they have a different sort of look to them yeah um, you know, it's like, is there a lot of cryptic diversity going on there? Yeah. So I just remember people, even underground recently, I'm pretty sure I could be mistaken. I've been wrong before, but bringing in Nicaraguans from Nicaragua that looked fantastic. Yeah. Those e blue fields. Even for air quotes, yeah. even for a Nicaraguan. 
You know. the, were the blue fields a real thing, or was that just a, a marketing deal, like Halloween Amazons? <laughs> I love. Uh, for the record, I love Halloween Amazons. Yeah, yeah, but they're a lie. They're not a lie. They're they're a, real a lie. Thing. They're a real thing. It's just not. It's what... a garden phase with a lot of oranges, a baby. They're still stunning. They are still stunning, without a doubt. I just, it's yeah. People get them thinking they're gonna be something, and then they turn out to be a garden phase Amazon. It's like, what the hell happened? It's just a locality of Nicaragua. He said marketing in his opinion. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. I'll always have a soft spot for for Nicaraguans. Those uh. It's the head man. It was like the first, the first boa I ever had, like boa constrictor. I got as a, it was a Nicaraguan, and I loved that snake. It was so, so mellow, and just like the, it would do uh, the color changes too. So it would kind of like fire up and fire down, like like some carpets will do. Like some days it would be just this ridiculously nice tan color, and then it would kind of dull out. Um, I don't know. It would just it would change. Like it would it would clearly have yeah. a fired up, fired down kind of thing going on. I'll, um, I'll also say that clearly you've never worked with enough imports that are nasty, nasty in disposition. Oh yeah, no, I had like the ones I got after that one. Yeah. Most of them were horrible. I mean, yeah. they were just they were just really high strung. Um, they just were great, snake, that, great snakes, but doing that that bull snake open yeah, mouth, just yeah. trying to eat you. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they were they were just just like the Terra Humeras I had that were nothing but but hatred. Which I I fully that's one species I fully regret getting rid of. Like those were really really cool bows, even if they were horrible and they had no personality whatsoever. <laughs> they were great, and Booth said he agrees. Having produced dozens of Halloweens, I never saw any that retains the orange. There you go. But yeah, it would be it would be great if we could just fly to PNG and bomb around on a vacation, not have to worry about anything. I mean, I I remember asking Natush when we had him on the Conjurecast a couple of years ago. You know, I was like, "Is is Papa really as bad as, as everyone says it is?" And he's like, "If you stay in like the vacationy parts, it's fine." Yeah, I'm like that's the same way with Mexico or you know any other country really that you go yeah. to. If you stay in the touristy areas, you're fine. But stepping outside of that, you know, when you're when you're deep in country like Ari has been doing, I want to hear the the stories there because you know he's got some. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, no you know it, it's also the deep cuts. It, it's also a lot easier for certain individuals who are in the research field because they have legitimate local guides, not just a hired guide, but legitimate local guides. And they have research facilities and installations that are off the beaten path, but still a known accessible route, if you will. And that definitely plays a factor. It does because guys like you and me, even if we did go stay in some of the touristy areas, what am I going to do? P pay a guy to drive me into the bush? Like that's not happening. Yeah. I don't do that. I don't do that in the U.S. You think I'm going to do it in Papua, Papua the, New Guinea? The guy in front of the Walmart with the van said he had candy. Tried the same thing. And he didn't get me. So I'll be damned if the 
the cannibals and PNG are going to get me with the same way. <laughs> well, it's like the first time I ever went to Vegas as an adult, uh, my coworker came with me. We we're there for business and we had a, an evening off and it's like, what do you want to do? You want to try to go herping? He's like, he's like, yeah, let's, let's just get a cab and see like, if they could like drop us off somewhere in the desert and leave us. But pretty much. And, uh, we asked the cabbie and was like, Hey man, uh, we're, we're nature photographers and, uh, we want to try and go looking for some, some nighttime animals, you know, not too far, you know, but like a place where we could still have cell service. And he goes, uh, I appreciate your honesty guys, but don't do that. <laughs> and we're like, why not? He's like, well, first of all, you're lucky that I'm a nice guy because most cabbies will literally just drop you off and just never come back or drop you off where there is no cell service and you're screwed. And then some of the times there's been stories of the cabbies calling their homeboys and you get dropped off in the desert and there's with wallets on them. Yeah, pretty much some five guys with shotguns and (laughs) you ain't coming home with shoes. So yeah. Needless to say, we went back to the casino. Hmm. There's still plenty of wildlife you could have seen there on the strip, though. If you didn't have to go very far. Yeah, two-legged. Yeah, yeah. It's probably it's probably quite the uh, excursion there. Yeah, yeah. At one time, I went to some museum. I had like a day to kill because I, I used to go to Vegas once a year for business, and. One year I'd gone by myself and I had like a, a free day to kill. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll go to a couple of museums. You know, maybe I'll do a little shopping. I don't know. And I had a cab or an Uber drop me off at this one. I don't know if it was the Mobster Museum. It might have been the Mobster Museum. I don't remember. But I look at the map and I was on my phone. And I was like, oh, this is it's only like, you know, 10 blocks or whatever to the next place I was going to. Not realizing that in my mind, I'm thinking like 10 New York blocks. No, no, no. This is like a solid four or five miles. <laughs> oh. So I'm just like walking. I, I didn't look at the key on the map. Who looks at the key on the map, right? And uh, I start walking. I'm like, man, this is really far. So I go to like the main road and like I go to flag down a cab and they don't stop. And another one, they don't stop. And another one, they don't stop. And finally, I got this one guy. Uh and he, he barely spoke English. And he's like, are you okay? Do, do you need help? And I was like, I, I, I need a cab. Like, you're a cab driver. He's like, oh, no, man. Cabs don't stop in this part of town. Like, no. I just, I just, you look like a tourist. So I figured I'd make sure you were okay. And I was like, yeah. He's like, where are you walking from? I said, well, I'm, I'm staying over here. And I'm going to this hotel. He goes, oh, yeah, man. You're going the wrong direction. <laughs> so... <laughs> Luckily, that guy, again, a nice cabbie, uh, he drove me home, and that was good. And this is like 2 in the afternoon on a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, man, this is witching hour in this part of town. You better be careful. 2 o'clock in the afternoon, that's when they're out cruising. Yeah. Everyone uh, I've talked to that's been to Vegas said it was it's really not great, and they don't want to go back. Well, Vegas is awesome if you gamble. If you drink, if you like nightlife, most of those I'm not a big guy on. Or if you want to go herping outside of Vegas, then you're in business. So I mean, like the strip proper. 
Oh, it's rough. I've heard it's a. It's not nearly. It's like small. Like it's not. Everyone sort of thinks that it's it's big, and it yeah. They think it's massive. Not no. And it just sounds like it's kind of depressing, if anything. Yeah. One year, me and my coworker went, and uh, our plane. We took the red eye, and you know, there's a, a multiple hour difference, and we were staying at Mandalay Bay, and. I didn't realize how f- I'd stayed in Mandalay Bay before, but I didn't realize how far south on the strip it was from the rest of the quote unquote strip, right? It's right by the start of the strip. And it was January. It was freezing. It was like 30 something degrees out. So we bundled up. We're like, oh, we'll just go walk the strip a little, you know, have a smoke. It's just see some nightlife. It was like 11 o'clock at night on a Monday. What a mistake, dude. We walked like a mile and it was just, <laughs> It was bad. It was just nobody was out. There were no cars driving. It was bizarre, man. I mean, yeah. I guess it was a Monday night. And like, you know, it's a, oh, this is a city that never sleeps. Every casino was basically shut down. All the restaurants were shut Keep down. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, because it's it's winter time, you know, on a Monday night. What the hell were we thinking? <laughs> so. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, imagine how, like, the Hangover movies came out. And I bet you all the people that work at the hotels and stuff were like, oh, God, here we go. Oh yeah! Oh, for sure. Assholes are going to try and recreate this. For sure. Uh, I don't know. Never been. Don't really have any desire to go. They have a like a big one of the big cigar, uh, like industry shows is out there, and that that'd probably be the only reason I'd go. But other than that, I have no desire. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know why so many industries seem to pick Vegas as like the spot for everyone to like I know there's a couple like shot show. Is that is that out of Vegas? Yeah, shot shows out of Vegas. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's the the three biggest conventions in the country. They're all in Vegas. Cause not only do you have some gigantic convention centers that are all connected to hotels, but the accommodations are just there. You know, everything is just there for you in that regard. So whether it be a expo or a trade show or just, you know, international meetings, yeah. I mean, it, everything is there. It's it's perfect. You it's know, probably and, the, the path of least resistance in that regard in terms of planning and things like that. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. And like a lot of a lot of companies used to use Orlando because it was a family destination. You know, they'd make a week of it, bring the family, bring the kids. Kids go to Disney World with with one parent while the other parent is Mr. Papa Giorgio boardrooms. Yeah. From Yuma, Arizona. Do you require any corrective lenses? <laughs> no, sir. I do not require them. <laughs> what was it? Was it Cousin Eddie that lived at the the trailer out there yeah cousin eddie yeah <laughs> his kids were yeah. like were they like catching rattlesnakes or that was like a game they were playing or something <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah yeah no that, that was the that was the babysitter he yeah, had a, yeah. He had a, like a trough full of rattlesnakes he dumps out oh that'll keep him busy my favorite <laughs> line in that movie is when <laughs> is when he walks up to the the i don't know if it was the bar or like the craps table or something and the guy goes Mr. Papa Giorgio, your regular table? He goes, no, Jelly, not tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Having an entourage is expensive. (laughs) Oh, God, I love that movie. (laughs) Such a good movie. Yep. No. Uh, (laughs) Poor Wayne Newton. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that, too. (laughs) Do you need a bodyguard? 
I die for you. <laughs> oh man, you ever, Clark? You ever try to swim with them dolphins? Them suckers <laughs> is hard to catch. <laughs> oh, all right. It's officially that time of night, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> Snakes and Stogies, episode one eighty six. <sighs> I'll let Justin finish laughing. Oh, we're good. We're good. Uh, brought to you by blackboxcages.com as well as Fulvia's Apparel. There is one yeah. hour left on the Cyber Small Black Weekend Sale. Oh, one hour. One hour left. Buy two, get one free, site-wide. Don't have to use a code or nothing. You just you just pick you out something real nice and then you buy it. Something for the missus, something for the children's. That's right. A stocking stuffer, if you will. Fulvius banana hammocks coming soon. Nice. We call them a Keller. Call them the Keller. When you squeeze the middle, it goes Ks. The Lady Kellers. <laughs> <laughs> What was that one line in Anchorman <laughs> where he was talking? <laughs> it was Brian Fantana and OJ Simpson and one other person. He's like, Yeah, we call ourselves the Lady Killers. <laughs> What's that? That's from the first one or the second Anchor one? It was from the first one, I think. Really? Yeah. I don't remember I that. The, the third name of the other person. Oh, my God. <clears throat> It was like they they don't even like acknowledge it. Like it just completely gets passed over. <laughs> like it's. <laughs> uh, I don't remember that. Oh. Yes, yeah, fullviewsapparel.com. Check it out. Blackboxcages.com. Check it out. Cold blooded caffeine. Use the link below. Get yourself some coffee and some coffee accessories. Uh, get they have shirts and stuff too. Also made by yours truly. So. Um, yep. Mike has two on order. So. To make something happen, and then Puget Sound Pythons—they got a big season coming up. You need to be yeah, following them on Facebook, Instagram, and Morph Market. Stay in the loop with what they have going on. They got some cool stuff coming, so check that out. We'll be back for THP on Thursday. Uh, everyone, have a good evening. Man, that fire is even bigger than the red drink. Bye. <laughs>